Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. You know, it takes a special kind of guy to push them big old 18-wheelers down the highway. But they're a tough breed, them dudes. They make a 900-mile run in the blizzard look like a trip to church. Hi, this is Jerry Reed. We just finished shooting a motion picture about some of these good old boys. And before we got through with the ride, well, it got wilder and a can of crap. I play Iron Duke Morton. You can't miss me. I'm the one on the screen with the cab over face. Oh, well, what's that extra $50? What is that? That's for a hurry-up on a load. You take that extra 50 and you stick it up where the sun don't shine. And if I wasn't in such a hurry, I'd stick around and assist you. <laughs> now, Peter Ponder's my buddy. We call him Rain. He's a lad with wheels in his head and a liking for fancy boots. And pretty little Helen Shaver's pickup. She's the one you boys got to watch. <laughs> I told you about that little darling, didn't I? What are you doing sneaking around outside? Now, Peter and I play a couple of dudes who had a good thing going once, and we kind of get together again. Best I can remember, me and you used to have a good time. You go take one more ride with the old dude. But the way things are now, a fella get himself killed. Didn't need to go hunting for no trouble. We got engraved invitations. Breaker one nine, breaker one nine. You got down Duke on a fly from a ten thirty three. I'm being shot at with real bullets. See if you can get on that radio and help me find a bear. A bunch of bears. Hell, I can use that for. Look out! I'll take care of you, Switch. So shift over to the fast lane, brother and sister, and see this story of two throttle jockeys who get into it up to their eyeballs and highballing from American International. I'm Christy Lee from All Girls Garage and Barrett Jackson on Velocity, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here at the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, be sure and check out our archive page, Nostalgic Radio Cars. So, well, welcome 
back to Nostalgic Favorite yeah. Cars. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? Hey, thank you. For You've that. been here Welcome. a while. How you been? Yeah, been yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we made the truck down here today again. And uh, Tommy, how you doing behind the COVID-21 2021 uh, window over there? Very good, thank you. Very <laughs> safe and sound, right? As they say. Trying to think of something witty to say there, but it witty? didn't happen. Yeah. Witty, okay, witty, witty, witty. Let's see. Uh, anyway, okay. So, uh, what do we got going on this weekend? Well, anyway, this weekend, for all you parts junkies like me, like moi, is uh, Lightfoot City's uh, swap meet. That thing's just growing and growing and growing. Now, last weekend they had Zephyr Hills, I think, I believe, pretty sure. I heard it advertised on the radio. And uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. I didn't hear. It? Okay. Well, anyway, and uh, I, I, I would imagine that those guys got rained out. I oh, was yeah. going to go, but you know, I didn't make it because uh, some other projects I'm working on. We looked up at the sky. Yeah, 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 yeah. I looked up at the sky and t- stuck my finger. Eh, when I did, and it t- stuck my finger in the air, and uh, that was that. But at any rate, um, oh, look at all the hellos today. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Kelly, Ken. Oh, Kevin hey, Kelly, Ken. Ke- I feel like Miss <laughs> Miss Miss Nancy from Rockman Room. I said, "Hello there, Kelly. Hello there, uh, Ken. How you doing? Scott, Mark, uh, Bill. I got a bunch of guys on there. Anyway, um, oh yeah. Speaking of Kenny, uh, the uh, Saturday night car show down there at the old Burger King on 110th and US 19 should be going pretty good. I was actually in town last Saturday, but I had to kind of boogie around and get some stuff done and I forgot to get to the car show I was we were kind of where we were working on that but we were moving some stuff with the trailer but we did get some good barbecue we did get some good barbecue from from the rib shack you know this this thing is not I mean some of my headphones aren't working too hot right now at any rate um what was I going to say uh let's see uh, car show swap meet. You're um, good. You're done. I'm doing okay. Okay. Uh, well, okay. If any of you guys ever uh, go to Fake Book or whatever they call it, um, lately I've been listing some of my car parts. And so I actually decided to break down and sell some of my rare stuff. And uh, so, it, you know what? It, it, it's, I've been running into these guys lately. That uh, that are like myself that have a collection of stuff. Now, Kelly, I know your brother has some stuff. If you're listening, you know, big shout out to Mikey there. And uh, we just—it's really, really hard to let go of this stuff. I was over at a friend of mine's shop the other day, and there's all kinds of stuff hanging on the wall and stuffed in the rafters, and you kind of go, "Wow!" And like in my case, when I was in the junkyard business, what was hard was uh, you couldn't acquire the crap fast enough. Right, Bobby? Mm. Uh, you know, I look back at my building, and it was 16. I had 18-foot ceilings, 16-foot e, uh, eave heights, and racks to look like Home Depot, miles and miles of catwalks all over the place, parts like you wouldn't believe. And um, at any rate, you, you know, you, you got a price in mind, and you don't always sell it. And then, you know, fortunately, right now, the market is pretty good. The market's pretty good on cars, and the market's pretty good on parts. And um, so, especially anything that's rare, you know, because there's always guys. That generally falls to guys that are collectors. The run-of-the-mill stuff usually um, fits the guys that are just kind of, you know, fixing their their little beaters up and trying to keep them running like myself, us ham and eggs guys. And uh, But the rare stuff is obviously going to the collectors. So I see this stuff popping up on Facebook every once in a while, and i just just totally amazed at some of the stuff that's coming out of the woodwork. So I call in this stuff every once in a while. Because what I, what I typically do is when I look at a picture, you know, if a guy's advertising this part, I'm trying to figure out what he's got in the background. So this morning, for example, I called a guy that had some funky old car. In the background, I saw way, 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 way in the back of his yard, there was a something, it was a silhouette of a car stuck on the back of his trailer. So one of my favorite lines is, and, it, and, and they copied me. I didn't uh, copy them. But it comes from the movie Gone in 60 Seconds when uh, Nicolas Cage goes, so what else do you have in the garage? And um, that's generally what I do. And I've always done that. You know, when I walk into a guy's shop, you know, I might have eye contact for about a second or two. So the guy knows I'm, I'm there and I'm for real. And then the next thing you know, my eyes are like making 100. I mean, I'm, they're going around. You know, I'm trying to scope out that building and see what's stashed in the corner, sitting up high, you know, anywhere. That anything that's kind of cool. So, like where I was going with this is my friend's shop. You know, he's got Hemi valve covers sitting up there. He's got consoles from, you know, uh, early GM cars. 
and Mopars because he's a GM Mopar kind of guy. Got a SS396 four-speed El Camino 70 sitting there. You know, he hasn't done anything with in a while. There's a big black Corvette sitting right beside it, Roadster. Hasn't done anything with that. 40 Ford and some other stuff. And um, and countless big block Chevrolets and this and that. And uh, he's got the same problem I do. It's just hard to get rid of this. But I actually broke down the other day and advertised some Cobra Jet parts that I have. And, uh, and wouldn't you believe it, that one person within a driving distance has inquired about these parts. But the guy in Ohio, the guy in Michigan, the guy in Denver, Colorado, those guys are all inquired about this stuff. So obviously if you got something rare, chances are you may or may not sell it locally, but it will go to someone in a million miles away. Um, but at any rate, uh, it is starting to, uh, it's continuing to move, and there's going to be some really, really, really interesting stuff popping up here and there. But where I was going with this story this morning is, uh, so then the guy calls me back up, and he says, good eye, and uh, he says, you saw a sports car on it, which I did, It was, but I couldn't make out what it was because the picture was kind of blurry at that distance. And uh, it turned out it was a Devon. And Devons are basically fiberglass sports car that came out of the 60s. They were built by a gentleman by the name of Devon. And uh, they either use Volkswagen motors, um, Corvair motors, 356 motors, Porsche motors, or maybe a little Ford motor of some kind, a little four-cylinder four Cortina motor or something like that. And uh, But just, just interesting stuff. But, but the thing that's interesting about that is, you know, you've heard the term pen pals. But what you, you what you're doing when you're going online? I mean, you know, if you if you start the dialogue kind of nice, you know, and friendly, like you're inquiring about something. Like I'll a lot of times I'll see something. A guy had a uh, 1962, 63 or 64 Vespa um, uh, food cart. I mean, like a little, you know, like a, it looks like a little. Uh, what was the thing I'm thinking about? Like a little mail cart, but it's got like a little hot. Uh, one of those little, what do they call those things, Bobby? You know, like if you have hot dogs and sausages and, you know, like a, you know, like the wiener wagons. That's the roller grill thing? Or? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. But at any rate, so he had one of those. And I, and I, and as a kid, when I was growing up in Europe, I used to see those things all the time. So I texted him and said, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, that's neat. And I remember those. And he sent me back a thumbs up. And then next thing you know, we got some dialogue going. And it turns out he's got other weird stuff. So you never know what you're going to run into. And next thing you, know, you build this relationship. Well, even though he might be on the east coast of Florida or the guy might be in Tallahassee or it might be in Fort Walton Beach or he might be in Jupiter or someplace like that, you just kind of network and it's kind of cool because the car guys it's just uh it's kind of like a little inner circle little bubble you know and we all kind of network and stuff like that. that's pretty cool on the other hand my run-of-the-mill 289s and 350 chevrolets and pontiacs and buicks and your run-of-the-mill motors seem to have no value anymore even if you have a six-owner chevrolet or ford or chrysler or something like that, even a slant six because everybody, and I was just in this guy's shop today, he's got a 69 Camaro over there with a small block in it, had a had a 307 in it at one point in time, and he's got a hopped up 350, but guess what he's doing? He's putting an LS in it. Yes, sirree, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's going to an LS motor. That's it. And the guys with the older Mustangs, what they're doing, they're not putting 289, 302s, and Bosses, and Shelby motors, and stuff like that in like we had in the good old days. No, 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 no. What they are doing is they're putting in Coyote crate motors. So, hey, more power to them. If you can figure out all the electronics, that's fine. Me, I'm still in the points and carburetors. And on that note, points and carburetors, I think Tommy's going to fire up. Uh, I think we're going to play some 80s music right now, don't we? Or 90s, something like that. What do we got going on there? We have a little uh, Oasis. So it's uh, Wonderwall. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio War. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We're moving into the late 20th century here. <laughs> hey, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out I'm sure you've heard it all before but you never really had a doubt I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Blind 
further than flacarshows.com On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Okay, we're back and you tune in to Nostalgia Radio Cars, right here, downtown Clearwater. Right, Bobby? Yeah. Okay, so, uh, well, the good thing is, is that uh, some car shows are still on. We're The one that we're looking forward to here in Florida in a couple months is uh, Amelia Ireland, and it's on, which is good. In fact, that was the last major event I went to last year, so I'm just going to kind of lay low. Let's see. What FLACarshows.com is the place to go to yes. stay up to date. That's exactly right. If you want to find out where all the car shows are, go to FLACarshows.com. All right. Now, so, you know, me, I have a, you know, besides roaming around on the Internet here once in a while, you know, when I'm doing appraisals, um, you know, it's interesting. I have, I'm going to have to go into this next time. I don't have much time. I don't have a lot of time this time. But uh, when I do these appraisals on these cars, it's pretty fascinating. And I didn't really realize this, but we can look it up. We'll talk about it one day. Because I'm going to get somebody on from uh, on the other side of the coast. Because Ormond Beach, back in the day, in the turn of the century, was kind of like the hot spot for automobile manufacturers from not just the United States, you know, and and, uh, and places like that, but uh, are actually overseas as well. They used to come down here, bring their vehicles over here, and try to set uh, speed records on Ormond Beach. And then, you know, that's the days before it became, you know, known as Daytona and all the other stuff. And of course, the days before Salt Lake City and the and the dry, la- dry lakes uh, out there in California and places like that. But what was interesting was, I did not know this, I mean, that the turn of the century, the majority of the car builders, manufacturers, obviously, you know, we, we, we kind of identify them with, you know, Detroit and along the, the Rust Belt area there, if you will. But a lot of them were in the New York area. And New England area, interestingly enough. But because the resources, and I'm reading this, okay, I read this rather, because of resources for wood, for steel, iron, all that kind of stuff, you know, iron ore, and other minerals and um, things, you know, uh, products that they needed to, to, to build cars back in the day, Detroit um, was close to all that stuff. And so, and Henry Ford, you know, he was on to something because he was obviously up that way. And uh, so that's why Detroit ultimately became the Motor City. Now, on that note, what I'm going to do is we'll leave that right there. We're going to go ahead and get our special guest on this afternoon. And uh, I'm going to let Tommy fire up the stereo again and play some, uh, oh, oh, yeah, wait, wait, yeah, this, this used to be my theme song, but I have enough tickets now that I have respect for well, maybe. So now anyway, it's just in a commercial. Yeah, now it's just in a commercial. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cards. Don't touch that dial. Here's a little Sammy Hagar. And yeah, I wish I could. And 55, really, for real. Anyway, hey, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
like this the truck drivers and waving at them and just being so happy it's like that would be the perfect thing for me because it's my world going down the road feeling bad by and by Fried blues, but I'd rather die than cry. Gas station food bound to go stale soon. There's a curse in the air and a toenail mode. I definitely got one of the best office views in the world, you know. A lot of guys make that high dollar and work in them big skyscrapers. They don't get to see what I get to see. Free! Free! I am free! The corporate takeover of America is something that's been going on for many, many years. I'd like to see them all kicked out of office and everybody hold their own elections like they used to do. These trucks were shut down for one week. This country would be in three days. Three days? Three days. They shut the country down. So now what you may ask, well that's hard to say, because that old Jack and Diamond is a tough car to play. Everything and their brother out here. You got American truck drivers, Mexican truck drivers, you got cowboys, you got Indians, you got bikers, you got doctors, you got everybody out here. I've got a total of 268 lights on this truck. Everything I do is for the women. Guys, I'm sorry. I don't care if guys like it. It's what the women like. Oh yeah. to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's this uh, time for part two. I'm delighted to welcome back a custom car builder, a custom truck builder, an MC, and the host of American Trucker, the one, the only, Rob Mariani. Robbie, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Now, we need to kind of pick up where we left off. Is it echoing to you, by the way? Is it uh, say that again. I didn't hear you, Robert. Is it echoing on the on your end? Uh, no, I don't have an echo this time. Last last week with the lightning, we we suffered through it. <laughs> we suffered it. through it, but we got through it. Okay. So anyway, so the last time we talked, uh, we were ending the show. And we you know we every once in a while we bump up against the clock, which happens from time to time in Ray DDO because it's live and it's spontaneous and oops whatever. Anyway, so you were telling about uh, one of your projects. I think that's what we were talking about, wasn't it? We were talking about my truck load patrol, my 74 Ford Cadover, that um, was, at one point in time, it was um, a Tennessee Highway Patrol mobile command unit. Okay. And what I did with it was, showed up on American Trucker on a few episodes to recap the people if they didn't hear the last show that we were on. Yeah. Um, and so I decided to, um, I kind of ignored everybody on social media about the tips of how I should restore it or did I make it a blue mule from white line fever and all the plans and I just kind of baited everybody and, and did a 180 and decided to chop it with my buddy Brad White <laughs> and so we did we chopped the we chopped the semi truck 13 inches out of the cab alone with Sandy Hot Rodder out there knows that the more chopped the more radical you go the more danger you get into <laughs> So we got into the danger zone with uh, the truck, and um, it was, thank God it turned out, and the door's actually closed. <laughs> the door's actually <laughs> closed. Well, I'm actually looking at pictures of it here because you sent me those pictures, and yeah. uh, I got the before and the after, and that's actually pretty cool. Um, like like I said before, there's something about a cab over. To me, it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like a Harley Sportster. And you got a you know full size Harley, let's say like you know like a uh, uh, what am I thinking of here, a Fat Boy or something like that. You look at uh, a, a sports or it's like the hot rod of Harleys. Well, a cab over is the hot rod of trucks. There's no doubt. It, remember we were talking last week. It's it, it's kind of like what a, a coupe is yeah. to a car guy. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the nose. I love an old Peterbilt with a needle nose and things like that, and, and they're certainly cool. But the cab over simply because they were earmarked for death after the regulations of the link laws went away and, and they're, they just lost all of their favor, you know, in the industry. They're, they're huge in the collector world. And, and that was part of the reason why I wanted to make mine um, stand out in the world of cab overs. And if you're a hot rod guy, we lowered, we, we didn't bag it. We, I didn't want to put airbags on the truck to lower it. Everybody does that. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. 
But we want to keep it sort of vintage hot rod. Um, we called it the working man's hot rod. It was on the cover of 10-4 magazine. It was the only Ford that was ever on the cover of that magazine. I mean, the truck world, that's a pretty prestigious magazine to get on. Um, they loved it. it. It made it on two European truck magazines, one of which is called Trailer Magazine. Everybody that's out there, um, look up Trailer Magazine. It's very prestigious magazine to get on. That, that basically it was like my mic drop moment when the European Trailer Magazine put Low Patrol on the cover and did a feature. But they did it because it, it, it was, I think we achieved what we set out to do, Brad and I, make it something that nobody's ever seen before. You know, you see cab overs and the guys will put in a super low visor and, and you can trick them out and kind of add a fairing or a piece here to make it look lower than it is or maybe, like I said, airbag it. But our goal was to go old school. We took nine inches out of the front leaf spring, which is about as much as we could get out of it so it would still ride decent. So we really dropped the front end down. Kept We took the um, over the... Uh, there's um, overweight leaf springs that were on the truck originally, so if you were hauling a heavy load, it's kind of like a reverse leaf spring on the top. We took all that off. So by the time we were done with just the suspension without the airbag, we had it raked vintage 70s style, like all the cool stuff. Like back in the day, remember when, um, remember Robert, when you had a friend who had a 69 Lobo and he put hijacker air, air shocks in it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be in the gas station. It lo- lo- looked like it was coming in for a landing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just to get it right, right? Oh, well, man. We, we sort of went with that kind of idea. And I just put on the biggest, tallest, um, I think we put on 315 on the rear. So we got this big, tall, monster tire on the back and then some short little ones in the front. Um, and so the suspension looked right. The cab chopped 13 inches. And to the hot rod guys, it's been nose decked, lowered, chopped, and what I call pseudo-channeled, because we, we actually added six inches to the rocker panels, if you're looking at the photos of it, anybody that's out there listening, you could you could Google uh, Low Patrol and you'll find pictures of it. When we added six inches to the fender, the rockers, to kind of lower the jaw to give me that pseudo-channel, simply because we the radiator in a cab over and the, and the, the original Cummins power plant that's in it you just really can't, I couldn't channel that truck. At least I didn't have the time or the budget to do it. So everything we could probably do is a hallmark to old school hot rodding we did. There's house of color paint on it. Um, they made a custom color for it. I had it completely hand-done pinstripes and uh, matte black flames put on it by my buddy Tex McDormand of Tex Effect. Um, he's been on, let's see, 17 times he's been featured in Lowrider Motorcycle Magazine. He's a stud all by himself. So everything about the truck was um, hot rod all the way. How many hours, and honestly, really, how many hours did you put into that vehicle? I mean, I know roughly what it takes to do some cars, but... Yeah, well, that's a great question, Robert. Here, uh, and, and to be fair, remember, and to recap from our last conversation we had on your last show, the truck was brought from Florida to North Carolina to my buddy Brad. Um, it's called the Southern Classic Truck Show in every September in, in Lincoln to North Carolina. He brought it up there because he wanted to show the truck unrestored as it looked when it appeared on America's Trucker. And it was on a cover of some other magazines. Some, I was called, um, um, I can't remember the name. It was on a couple of magazines, unrestored. So he had it there. And then after, when the show was over, he asked me, well, what? we want to do let's let's get it fixed up and the people that did see it on the show know that it was a tandem axle in the world of semis that's two two drive axles in the back of the cab whether it's a long nose or a cab over mine my truck coming out of the factory there were two types of four cab overs they were they were called the w series truck there was either a w9000 or if you watch the movie white line fever and michael uh dan michael vincent uh, playing Carol Joe Hummer is on the CD radio at the beginning of the movie, and the, one of the guys on the radio says, "Hey, what you kind of what kind of rig you got there, Sonny?" He said, "I got a four WT nine thousand coming." Well, a WT stood for tandem, so the W series, which is mine, designated as single drive. So cop actually added an air axle on my truck. It wasn't from the factory. So 
so I had people that were on social media going, what did you make it a single axle for? I didn't, Ford did. So <laughs> I wanted to lop that air axle off of it as fast as I could because I couldn't stand it being on there. I'm not kidding you, it gets stuck looking at itself in a parking lot. It was just bad. So I wanted to go back to what the truck was, and then when we had made it back into a single drive, then the idea I told Brad was, now comes the, now comes the, uh, the coup de grace. We're gonna chop, we're gonna chop the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so that the man hours from that point became, the only way I could probably calculate it is this. At the time, I was a brand ambassador for Cobra Electronics for many years, and at the time, when I was doing it, I'd let my uh, marketing guys know what I was doing with my truck. And I, we sort of set a goal for ourselves that if, in the following spring, if we could take it to Louisville, for the biggest truck show on earth, mid-America, that they would love to have it there. We touched on a little bit on last show. And so that became sort of our timeline. And from that point, it really was a year and a half solid. I would say a year and a half, without, not, not when I say solid, let me correct myself. A year and a half window, I would go to North Carolina two weeks out of every month to work on it and wrench on it and do everything I could do. And then I had only a small couple of guys, you know, a handful of guys working on it. We had Brad Welder, Frank, doing all the welding work, and he was fantastic welder, fabricator. We had a guy named Scott helping with the body work. And then it was Brad and myself and maybe, um, uh, I don't know, his girlfriend and his little kid would help us. <laughs> so that's really the crew that we had. So it took uh, a year and a half, I would say, and a lot of money. Well, I'm looking at it right now, picture of it. By the way, I just had my son post it on our uh, Facebook page here. So it says, Rob's truck, as heard on the radio show. And uh, it's a pretty wicked piece. I mean, I like the chrome spider wheels on the front. I mean, it's really, and I'll be honest with you, it really, if you didn't know the truck was chopped, it's very <laughs> tastefully done. I mean, it actually still looks like a regular semi, but it's got that custom flair to it. I mean, it's, it's, it, there's no question that's a hot rod truck right there. Robert, really appreciate that, and that, that, that's really a compliment to me that I, that I take to heart. Because I met one of the guys that actually designed the Ford W Series, this old-timer, uh -huh. from Ford. Now, that truck from White Line Fever and, and the before pictures that you see was super tall. I mean, it was a tall cab. And mm -hmm. when, you, when you take 13 inches out, and see, we talked about this last show, Remember the geometry I felt of that cab being such a flat-sided thing that it was, with that arrow nose and the and the integrated windshield that they put on it, just lended itself to a chop. It looks like it could have come from the factory. That yeah, way. we we I've had many guys say that it actually looks like it should have been that way from the factory. Uh huh. Uh huh. It really does. It's wicked. Now, do you drive that thing very often? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I go to Brad's, we we cowboyed it around many times. There's a bunch of videos of it here and there. Um, I don't want to call it a trailer queen because it's, it's very capable of, of, I could probably take across the country if I wanted, but there's only 54,000 original miles on it. So we usually just trailer it or put out a, um, a uh, low boy or something and just take it to wherever we go with it. And then we, we go out and, and we beat on it pretty good and it'll take it. So what other, now you, you mentioned earlier too that you were kind of into cars too and stuff like that. Do you have any hot rods, any cars, any, any wicked stuff that you uh, buzz around yeah, in? Yeah, I did. You did? I, was, when I, I grew up in Milwaukee. I was in a car club called the Cruising Angels. I had a 49 Ford. I had a 57 Chevy. And those were my two babies. Um, they're, they're long gone, but I'm a, when I say I'm a hot rod guy, I'm a hot rod guy. I love, I, I'll, I'll say this. Nostalgic Radio and Cars logo of the of the '50s T-Bird Gaster is one of the coolest oh, cars yeah. ever. <laughs> I love that. That is my stuff, Gaster. Well, it's interesting because uh, I had a '57 Thunderbird in high school, and um, I still have it. And it was old school high rod. I didn't have any money back then, so. It's rattle can, seriously, it's rattle can, sand, wet sanded and buffed, wet sanded in the rain, rattle can it. painted with uh, four cans of Rust-Oleum and some red pinstriping. That's the, and the car looks exactly like it did back when I drove it in high school, dense and all. So, I love that. But I couldn't bring myself to putting a straight axle underneath it. So I, it's pretty much the way it was when I was in high school, but I always wanted to build a gasser uh, Mustang. So that's, uh, I mean, a, 
Thunderbird. So, but at any rate. Oh, Robert, you just laid down the own gauntlet for you. You're going to have to find a cheaper to make it a gasser because it's just too cool. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because there was actually, I actually found one online by accident. There was a guy that had one up in Ohio. And it was no motor in training. It had an FE motor in it, and uh, it was just a rolling chassis, but we were just too far apart on the price on that thing. Somebody else bought it. It was up there in, in Akron or someplace like that. But let's talk about your radio show, or your TV show, rather, American yeah. Trucker. Tell us a little bit how that came to fruition. American Trucker came from my uh, childhood. I explained last show I was in my grandpa's with drivers. I had the Overdrive magazine. It was, it was just, um, I was consumed with that as a kid. Uh, every Saturday in Milwaukee, I would um, my grandma and grandpa would take me to the Union 76 truck stop in Oak Creek, and I would have my Kodak 110 camera. We would go into the inside and sit at the trucker's uh, counter with my grandpa. We'd have pie and ice cream, and then I would hit the hit the road. I would go out every single truck. I'd knock on the doors. I'm probably I don't know seven, eight on. Knock on the door. Hey, do you have a Cummins in there? Do you have a cat in there? I love your 352 Peterbilt. It just <laughs> never escaped me. So every driver I ever met was just the salt of the earth. American truck drivers. They, I don't think I was ever turned down one time to get into the truck. They would let me start them. They'd let me take a bunch of pictures on them. I'd climb all over them like a monkey. And that just kept me going. So by the time I got into college and I was in, in uh, I was an art I was in art class and all that stuff, so I ended up always having in the back of my mind the, the, the reverence for the industry that it's a, a very you know thankless job most of the time. People just assume that you can go into the grocery store or the big box store and grab something and put it in your cart and take it home. It's every single, I say on the show many times, America is delivered one load at a time by America's truck drivers. And so the idea was there. I met a guy, I met a producer named Steve Beebe. Steve Beebe is a god in the world of cars. Everybody out there, if you've ever seen the ride, the first one that came out with Jason Priestley was the um, MC or the host of the show. And then Overhauling, I'm sure everybody's seen Overhauling. Right. That's Steve and Bud Brussman's show. They created those shows. And then they did Hot Rod TV. They did Power Tour. They did... Um, they did your buddy Barry McGuire, who's been on your show. They did um, Car Crazy. They did, They do all kinds of shows. They're all over Motor Trend and, and everything to do with cars. These guys are the ones. So I met I met Steve in Ojai, California. I think somewhere in like 07 ish. And I'm wearing a vintage iron-on Ford cab over semi Roach a Roach design T-shirt. I brought him my PowerPoint and said, look, I've got this idea about the show, and I overwhelmed him because most of the time I'm hyperactive and crazy, and I overwhelmed him, and he said, I love trucks. Trucks are cool, but you're the show because I don't know anything about trucks. <laughs> so, so that became the genesis right there, and it just so happened that me being a crazy middle Italian kid, I had the personality and the chops to do it, and I had the passion for the industry, and that's sort of where American Trucker was burst, and then we went on to do, whoo boy, we covered about everything you can possibly cover in the world of trucking, including going on the road with Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin and showing everybody how a concert happens. You just buy a ticket, you, well, not nowadays, though, because everybody's locked down. <laughs> no, but, but ta 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 seriously. Before the world melted, Robert? Yeah. There was cool things going on, you know, like concerts. Oh well, no. Go ahead. Now, talk about that Robert Plant experience. Talk about it from the from the beginning to the end a little bit, because people don't really realize what all's involved. Because you were there from the start to finish, from one concert to another, right? Yeah. What we did is, um, it took us a while. You know, production. Nothing's magic in TV, and everything's you know always premeditated. So we we were chasing a couple of episodes, and we went on the uh, on the road with Roadshow Productions. Roadshow, if you look them up, they've been around for decades, and they're more like a boutique um, purveyor, if you will, of the uh, bringing the concerts to America. Now, they're huge ones. Like, if you're a U2, you've got 14, 15 semis. Roadshow and the Robert Plant, we did one where we did just two semis, but even two semis is a major show. So we met up with Robert in South Carolina, and he was on, at the time, he was, with his band of joy with the tour 
And we wrote it in, built the concert, built the stage, every roadie, everybody that has to stag gear and, and Pelican cases here and there, we did it all. Hanging the lights from, you know, putting the posters up in the front of the marquee, everything you could do. So then we uh, sort of sat in the empty theater and said, hey, you're coming to the Robert Plant store, you're coming to any concert, and you spend 50 bucks, or you spend 500 on a ticket, doesn't matter who you are, you're not going to see the show if it isn't for the behind the scenes and the truck drivers that are banging the gear and bringing that show from town to town, city to city. And Robert Plant does not, not be able to perform uh, everything. It, this merchandise isn't there for you to buy when you're done with it. All the whole operation is predicated on American truck drivers and 18 wheelers. So when I got there, I knew that I was going to be with Robert Plant, and I, I'm not crazy starstruck by people, but with Robert Plant, I was a little, little disturbed because this is Robert Plant, he's my <laughs> idol. Yeah. I mean, this is Black Dog. This is Rob. This is Stairway to Heaven. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was told by production, you'll love this, everybody. I was told by production, by his manager, don't look at Robert, don't talk to Robert. <laughs> I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm shooting a freaking television show about Robert. How am I going to do that? Well, I just, I was standing backstage with my sound man, and all of a sudden Robert Plant comes walking around the corner with his shirt open, and he says, hello, and, and waved at us and started talking to us. He was cool as hell. Went into his dressing room, stuck his head back out, and asked for incense. <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. Wow. And so that was sort of the, uh, for me, that was the tip-off that Robert was more than approachable. So we went out and banged our gear. We did what we did. He did his concert. And then we had to take everything and get it to Atlanta. And it, we drove almost nine hours in a blinding rainstorm to get to Atlanta um, to the Fox Theater for his big event that was the next night. And that's what the episode was really all about, is showing people the reality of it. And it was, it's hard, it was grueling work. And by the time we were done, we had some fun on the episode. It's called Rockin' Down the Highway. So if you looked up American Trucker Rockin' Down the Highway, I don't know if you can find the full episode, but you'll find something on it. Um, we closed the episode by Robert, I got to interview Robert Plant. There was a, a, a joke with the crew about who could lose weight on the road, I guess. And so everybody involved, all the roadies, and my truck driver uh, was involved with this diet bet. And Robert Plant was so cool about it. He, um, His manager then changed his mind from the first day I met him and said, you can't talk to Robert, into, sure, you can interview Robert and put a mic on him. So I was happy. Oh, wow. That was one of the producers of the show, and was the host. <laughs> so that makes the show. And Robert was um, freaked out just loving it. He said, you know, and, in the 70s, I didn't even know we had some, which I thought was hilarious. And then we did this bet at the end of the episode, and um, we rigged a scale with the roadies, and, and by the time my truck driver got on the scale, it was deliberately uh, sabotaged to crack and break on camera. <laughs> and he did, and Robert gave him, I don't know, something like $600 and a plate of cookies. and But it was just your typical episode of American Truckers that we would give you this deep dive into the behind the scenes on something like a concert or hauling a heavy load or or um, I caught fish in San Pedro Bay in California. We delivered them to Las Vegas to the palms and cooked the fish you know, for the restaurant. And everything you can imagine in between, including what, um, what uh, for me, the, the uh, most serious episode we ever did was called Whiteout. And I don't know if Robert, you've ever gone to the Sierra Nevada mountains or, or gone over Donner Pass? Have you ever been there? You mean you're talking about up there in, uh, in uh, off, off State Road Highway 80 up in uh, Northern California? Somewhere, yeah, in Sierra, going into Sierra Nevada. Uh, Sierra yeah, it's up there by Lake Tahoe. Oh, yeah, I know the yeah, Donner Pass right real well. There. It's right around there where Donner Pass was, where yeah. the Donner Party yep. died. Yeah, so exactly. Where we were chasing these trucks that would go and push trucks up and over the hill in the snowstorms, and for the show itself, we couldn't ever get to the show because the scheduling is we need to go there in a blinding blizzard. So it isn't exactly my favorite thing to do up elevation 8,000 feet into a blinding blizzard and put myself <laughs> with the rest of the rigs that are getting stuck because you can go over the edge and die. Well, 
lo and behold, I was with Cal Trans. I was embedded with them for a week, and uh, four feet of snow came. A 47-vehicle pileup, including, I think, 12 big rigs, a fatality. Uh, I, I was on the scene with the CHP. By the time we got there, we didn't have any crew. Our, 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 our field producer got stuck in the suburban, couldn't be with me. I had my, I was with the Caltrans guys. By the time I get to the scene, the CHP guy looked at me. I got a camera in my hand, and he said, are you filming? And I'm thinking the show is the show's done. He's going to tell me to shut it off because there's a you know fatality. People are screaming. There's diesel fuel punctured tanks or skis everywhere. It's a, I'm in a whole nightmare with what was actually happening. And he said, here's my card. Film everything you can and give me all the footage so they could document the wreck. It was a... Well, they shut the whole highway down for eight miles. It, we did some crazy stuff on, on that show, and that that was probably my most harrowing, but my most, uh, I guess, serious episode that I was proud of to do, just to show everybody the reality of what these American truck drivers do for us. And to give you the close of it, there's a million dollars worth of commerce every second going over the Sierra Nevada Pass in the trucking industry. You 24 7, 365, you do those numbers. It's crazy. You know, and we've only got about a minute or two left, but I wanted to put emphasis on how important and how significant, you know, the trucking industry is. I played that little clip earlier, but I mean, it is some. Yeah. It, trucks move America. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter who you are. I've played this little game with many a person. I don't care what your vocation is, I don't care if you're a brain surgeon. I don't care if you're, you dig ditches or whatever you do. doesn't matter what you do. You are beholden to the American trucker and the trucking industry, starting with fuel. If you use a vehicle to go somewhere to do a job, you use a professional vehicle for your job, whether you're a trash man or whatever you are, you're beholden to the American trucking industry. If you're a police officer, uh, you're a first responder, anybody, you can't get to your calls or your the, the emergencies unless you have fuel. So we just start with that alone. That's somebody with a hazmat license that's delivering that at 3 in the morning that you don't ever get to see, but you just assume you can put your hand on the pump and your card in, and then you're going to be able to get to where you go. Food, medicine, clothing, it doesn't matter what we all touch. Remember during the pandemic when everybody was freaking out over toilet paper, right? Oh, yeah. That's one of the worst feelings in the world is to see the uh, paper spool empty. Well, thank a truck driver. Next time you're wiping your butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that because down here in Pinellas County, there was no toilet paper. We happened to be uh, visiting somebody up in, uh, I don't know, Lake County, and guess what? A Walmart truck goes by. So we said, hey, I'll bet there's tea paper on there. Sure enough, we went down there, and there was tea paper being unloaded out of that truck at a Walmart store, so naturally everybody went in. But they limited you to one one case. That was it. But that was okay. Hey, Robert, wait, wait one step further. Toilet paper and paper towels that we all take for granted, um, those are from trees. Yes. The lumber is pulled out of the logging industry and put onto what? Trucks. Trucks! Yeah. It starts at every aspect. Every aspect. Of, and if they would, I love that opening montage you played because that is that's timeless. Okay, it is. Whoever those drivers are, it doesn't matter. You, it, it is anonymous. Delivering America one load at a time. Without the trucking industry, we've got in three days like that. One guy said it's been said many times. We are cavemen and women. That's right. Let me ask you this: Is there a National Truckers Day? National Truckers Day. Day. I mean, is there like a, you know, you have President's yeah, there's, Day? there's National Trucker Appreciation Day. There's actually many, many types, a lot of them. Um, there, you, you have big, the big the big guys are like the ATA, American Trucking Association, and they're tied into, oh, I don't know, uh, they have a lot of tentacles into the swamp and, and ugly things. But trucking is never going away no matter what the deal is. You've got now electric trucks. You know, Tesla making trucks, and so no matter what happens, as long as we are still knocking wood, a civilized society, we are beholden to the American truck driver, and there's basically a shortage, which is why almost every truck now is an automatic. 
I'm not kidding. Well, Rob, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us again here for part two. I truly enjoyed it. We're going to have to do this again down the road in a couple months. You know, just check in on you, see how you're doing, see what you're up to and your crazy antics and everything like that. See if you got another TV show, radio show, podcast, or something like that. We'll have to get you in the area here. But at any rate, give out your uh, social media information so if people want to follow you and find out more about you, how they're going to go about doing that. You can go to robmariani.com and see the last of the vintage website because it's going to be made over. Stephen Butt, my other fellow producers, the creators of American Trucker, and I are working on a secret project, a documentary, and it's going to blow your doors. And when we're ready, we're going to come back on your show, coolest show there is, nostalgic radio and cars, with the greatest logo in the history of radio. <laughs> we're going to come back on and... and He'll tell you what's happening, brother. You got it. We'll have to get you in the studio here. Anyway, Rob, thank you very much. You take care, uh, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at some of the events, okay? Appreciate you guys for having me on. Thank you, and God bless. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, in the meantime, all my listeners, thank you, Kevin, Kelly, Mike, Bill, Ken, Scott, and the rest of the gang, whoever else. There's so many names on here. Hey, I want you guys to take care and uh, check us out here every Tuesday night on the 10 Talk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. Tell your friends to follow us on social media. And in the meantime, I want to see you some of the car shows. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. What? Bring on to, to the other side. Bring on to, to the other side. Bring on to, bring on to, bring on to, bring on to. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WDCF, Dade City. FM 102.3. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen.